What is happening, everybody? This is Ryan here today. We're going to go through a very special episode. So what's effectively happened over the last week is we have gone from a single company being literally an industry darling that was so well positioned after release that they had to pause new users. They would not accept any more new customers to a week later, the CEO being fired that's worth $80 billion and the entire company threatening to leave. So Real interesting episode. I'm going to dig into this as well as the effect for next year. Look to see you in there. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. All right. This episode today is sponsored by Superhuman Revenue. Superhuman Revenue enables cheat codes, tips, workflows on a weekly basis. It is a newsletter that comes out every single Friday and allows you and enables you to become superhuman. Click the link in the comments to join it. Take advantage of all the resources that it provides. All right, today's episode, The Altman Effect, Unveiling OpenAI's 2024 Game Changer. This is a really unique episode, and I wanted to do this. As of the time of recording this, this is literally right before Thanksgiving. So uh, effectively, what's happened over the last, I think it was 72 business hours, are the CEO of an $80 billion company, Sam Altman, which is OpenAI, got fired Friday, I think it was close to 3.30 p.m. Central Time, if you will. And then by the time the markets opened Monday morning, Satya, who is the CEO of Microsoft, hired him at, to be in charge of a special research division of AI at Microsoft. Now, what proceeded to happen after there is a letter was issued to the board where close to 700 of the 800, around 800-ish, employees threatened to quit unless they understood what was going on, reinstated Sam Altman, who is the CEO there. And in addition, asked for other concessions, had an open letter as well. Okay, so this is a massive shitstorm, as you can imagine. And we still don't truly understand and know why. The new CEO said he would not take the position unless he understood why Sam was fired, which was which is smart, right? Now, I have my view on this of what it might possibly be. And I think it has to do something with safety. Okay, because basically the board identified an open AI had in their blog that effectively had something to do with the fact that Sam was not being candid in its converse in his conversations, I should say, or his communication with the board. And so if you trace like what happened literally a few days earlier, he talks about some unraveling of not unraveling, unveiling of one of the biggest changes that he's ever seen that he's most excited about two days earlier. There was mention of GPT-5 coming out, and at the same time, the chief scientist, Ilya, who was one of the co-founders with Sam, Greg Brockman, as well as Elon Musk, also identified that supposedly it was because of him is the reason why Sam got fired. Now, here's the thing. The unique area about the board is it's technically a cap profit. So it's not a, they don't have to serve investors above all else. They have in their charter that was released in June of 2023 that effectively that board is to serve mankind above all else. And that board will identify when we've reached artificial intelligence or AGI, artificial general intelligence, which effectively means AI has surpassed humans 
in terms of what they're doing and their ability to execute tasks, functions, and thinking. Okay, so <laughs> I know that's a lot. I'll try to drop this in like a succinct type manner. And so I've read a lot about this. I've looked into a lot of the details. I followed really closely trusted resources instead of any random on Twitter. And so I wanted to share that context with you today. As of Wednesday, when I'm recording this, so this is Wednesday at 4.59, there's talks of basically Sam, it sounds like Sam Altman trying to walk them off the cliff in terms of the employees. It sounds like Microsoft still wants to work with OpenAI. They've technically committed to invest $10 billion into OpenAI. However, a lot of it's in GPUs and computing. So effectively, I think they've only paid $1 billion of that to them, but still, that's a big number, right? And so the whole reason why I'm sharing this context with you is because there's talk of customers that are trying to pull out. There's talk of partners trying to pull out. There's companies that are built around OpenAI that are really in the throes and could literally be lit on fire and devalue to nothing if OpenAI goes away and this all gets shifted to Microsoft. So why I'm sharing this with you today is because this, this reminds me eerily similar in a different way of what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket, okay? And so when I was a sales leader, this was, this was early, I think this was mid-2010-ish, that time frame. There was what was called a retail, actually it was even later than that, might have been more than 13 or 14 or 15, but a retail apocalypse happened, okay? And so effectively what happened at large scale, there's massive, massive closures of retail locations. Retailers went bankrupt. Uh, companies that we know and love like Toys R Us and other well-named organizations that have been around for a really long time just went vanished, right? Get put out of business. And so when I was the sales leader, part of the go-to-market I established was we had asymmetrical gains and deal sizes that were significantly larger in retail that closed faster than any other vertical. So we were heavily concentrated on there. And then what happened was some of the some of our biggest clients started going bankrupt left and right. And there's nothing you could do in that situation. We had Gander Mountain, which was one of the big ones. Uh, and there's a slew of others that were there. So what I learned from that situation is to not only overbank on one vertical or one provider, if you will. And so that kind of reminds me of the AI game of what's happened with OpenAI right now. So who knows? A few days later, by the time this recording comes out, uh, they might be fine, right? Everything might be back to normal. There might be no changes. However, when you lose the CEO, uh, one of the founders, as well as the president, who is Greg Brockman, who is also a co-founder and chairman of the board, <clears throat> with that fast, and at that speed of a company that's worth $80 billion, you effectively wanna have some hedging for yourself. So here's where I think the solution is, and you wanna write this down. I think the path forward, and I've been leveraging this in my sales AI accelerator, is to not truly only over rely on one large language model or one language model or one AI model that is being used. Many companies did that with OpenAI and with the release of GPTs about a week and a half ago, which was effectively the precursor to what they envisioned as the GPT store, which is like an app store for AI bots, if you will, uh, that was going to be released later this month. And then agents actually coming down after that. So that's autonomous AIs that you could leverage to do work for you. So why I'm telling you all this is because if you just only relied on OpenAI, and they go into a tailspin right now, or they're a significantly different company because their leadership changed, 
you know, that's the reason why you want to have a model agnostic solution or a model agnostic approach to integrating AI into your organization and into yourself. And so with that sales AI accelerator, effectively I have a prompt matrix or a prompt library that enables you to use the same prompts uh, at hyperspeed across any language model. So this could be anything from Bard, this could be Claude, or this could be OpenAI, or any other model, right? And, and the reason why is because, like I said, you have that hedgeability where if something goes wrong with these models, remember, we're early on, this is a highly unregulated environment. And so, yeah, right now, right? So there's a lot of things that still need to play out. And so I wanted to share this with you as where that's where I think the solution is, right? Is to really effectively leverage this across different large language models and any kind of solution that you use. Okay, so here's how I'm going to approach it for 2024. And by the way, like I had a design strategy, I'm not gonna tell you what it was, that I was looking at effectively once the GPT store was released. And now literally a week and a half later, I'm looking at essentially revising that entire piece and then putting that forward and adjusting that and, and factoring this in. So the solution, here's what I would say. It's like, I am going to look at this eyes wide open. I've been a huge, huge OpenAI and ChatGPT proponent. I still like it. I still think it's amazing. The new release has done some amazing components added to it. They made it multimodal. They've done a lot of other things, okay? Which is what we've been predicting and the timelines have been pretty solid as we look at this from the beginning of the year. So that's one piece. Um, so I am going to look at this, and and I have been using Claude and Bard and other examples, Perplexity as well, to name a few models. What I would recommend for you is leverage a solution like Poe. Poe is very easy. It's basically like an aggregator of different large language models, and there's chatbots in there as well that people have created to help others. I would start there. Um, the other thing that I would do is if you're building something internally or if you're looking to create uh, anything leveraging AI internally, whether it be if you're integrating it into your people, i.e. with example, like a prompt matrix, prompt library that I talk about all the time, or you're integrating into your product or you're transformed into business process, make sure that you could leverage the best and uh, not the worst, but stay away from the worst capabilities of each language model. So there's ways that you could leverage this because for example, Claude has massive investments from Google and Amazon. OpenAI has massive investments from Microsoft. Microsoft has their own things within Azure, uh, which is their cloud division. And then at the same time, Amazon has different components in AWS that are included as well. Okay, I'm not even mentioning the large language models that are open sourced or the open source language models, which is something that I am going to dig deeper into. So uh, I've looked at that. There's different versions uh, that Hugging Face has built um, there's Llama that Meta has leveraged as well. However, one of the things that I am going to make a huge, huge priority is to make sure that now I, I'm not just leveraging the large language models, but the open source models as well, because I think there's no downside to it. So just to kind of wrap this up and put a bow on it, so it's super tight for you, this is going to be a quick episode, is number one, like evaluate where you're at in terms of your over-dependence or use on one large language model or one language model, right? And that's not just like you directly working with it. This could be the tools that you have too. Like if, if you're leveraging eight, nine tools in your business, specifically with AI, and they're all attached to open AI, there's a lot of operational risk that happens there. So that's one. Number two, create solutions moving forward or AI enablement that leverages a agnostic approach when it comes to language models or models as a whole that are open source, right? 
So just like I told you, I created a prompt matrix, prompt library within there. There's a great tool you could use called Poe, which is created by Quora, which is effectively like a, almost like a combination of different models that you could leverage and pick and choose from. So that's number two. And then number three, just get to understand the difference between the closed source models and the open source models and really effectively leverage those for yourself so that you have the ability to go whichever direction you want and look at the risk factors and enablement for you. So those are kind of like the three steps that I suggest you write down, maybe go back and listen to it. But effectively, it's super simple. I would do that moving forward for 2024. There's going to be a lot of innovation, point innovation solutions that are going to happen specifically with an AI. And so I think this is going to truly change the game in the fact that I think if Sam Altman is gone, even though he's at Microsoft, this is going to change things a lot, right? It doesn't mean OpenAI is not going to be great still or amazing. I think it will be. However, it's going to it's going to slow down significantly, especially when we find out what the real reason is and why he got fired. And I don't know if that's ever truly going to come out, but you don't fire a CEO of a company that grew an organization to $80 billion in value for no reason, unless you're clinically insane or there's not a really good reason. So just to summarize it and, and wrap it up, I think that's that's the best way to attack it. Uh, we are in the week of Thanksgiving when I'm recording this. I just want to say thank you for taking the time. I am grateful to basically have the opportunity to share my thoughts, share my you know learnings, share what I'm passionate about and excited about in your ear and give me that mind share. I know there's so many other things that you can listen to or look at. And I truly, truly appreciate it. I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about the next year, what things are coming, not just with AI, but with you, with the people I serve. And so I wanna, I wanna keep making this better and better for you so that you, know, you can't do without it, right? And I know there's some ways to go before we get there, but like, it's been a really, really interesting year. It's stretched my abilities as an entrepreneur, as a podcaster as an owner, as a, as a person, because of how fast things are changing. But I think this is all going to be worth it because, you know, we're going to, we're going to go into the next phase of our journey in our life and truly, truly see, you know, new innovations that no one else has ever seen. And I'm, I'm excited to share those with you as I learn those in real time and just be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.